My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are Awaited. You are Awaited is a Mad Max Fury Road podcast where Yuri and I use these recording equipments as an excuse to get together and talk to people who are very, very cool. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. That's what we do. That's it. And, and we have a very, very, very cool person on the show today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I bring you... Uh, uh, primo writer and 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 head honcho asshole, uh, Paul Jenkins. Oh yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> is that what your business card says? That's, that's actually what it, is. it should. <laughs> I need to it's it's one of those card. things that because we've known each other long enough. Um, Paul Paul Jenkins is uh, probably first and foremost known as as a writer of comic books. Of uh, I mean, we can we can rattle down some of the, some of the I mean, the Century being mm -hmm. still still one of my favorites. Uh, Wolverine Origin was is probably something that a lot of people will. Uh, We'll immediately uh, click into uh, Fairy Quest. The Inhumans. The Inhumans. Spider-Man. Spider yeah, I mean, Batman. The, Batman. You may have heard of some of these characters. What are these strange <laughs> what are these men strange? you speak of? Right. Um, uh, but also uh, a screenwriter, novelist, director, actor, um, and uh, was, uh, if, if you're familiar at all with the movie Con Artists uh, that, that Tara and I uh, produced, uh, Paul is Paul is in that film as well, both sort of as an actor and a director all at the same time. <laughs> uh, question for you, Yuri. Yeah. How did we uh, get this guy on our podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. I way overqualified. Him. It seems to me. It's, it's, it's a violent trickery. Paul and I have known each other for a long time. You told me there'd be milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's after. If yeah. you're good, okay. you get milk and cookies. That's Actually, I, 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 tricked, I tricked him into coming here by saying, hey, you want to come see the baby? And he's like, I'd love to come see the baby. Now you have to do a podcast. Ah, that's and that's how I hook him. That's how I hook him. But the reason we have him on this show specifically, because you, you've been, you were on the other show, Cast of Characters, before that went away. Nice. Um, and we talked about uh, uh, writing for animation, video games, and, and then just sort of general uh, amazing stories about your life. But the reason Paul is here today is, is because he and I were in the theater together when I saw Mad Max Fury Road for the first time. We saw it together. You were there at that magic moment for you. And I enjoyed it so much that I suspect it pissed him off. And he immediately took a contrary position. And we walked out and I said, I, you know, I want to immediately go back and see it again. He said, it was terrible. And yet, am I correct in thinking that recently... You've sort of come around? No, I, I, I didn't say it was terrible, for, to be fair. Okay? I didn't say it was terrible. I said, you said I was terrible. <laughs> I said you were terrible because you were, you were... No, you were great, actually. I mean, you loved it. And <clears throat> I just had a different expectation for the film. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. liked it. I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. um, you loved it. I you did. exploded with happiness. Can I ask and you a correct. question about Yuri the first time? It's become somewhat apocryphal, but did, was Yuri making vocal exhortions during the first screening? This is how it came about. Please tell me this story. I'm so into this. <laughs> as you know, the thing takes 20 minutes of your time and it puts together this incredible chase. Mm -hmm. And visually, it's the most amazing looking thing that you've seen. It is definitely brilliant. I'll give it that. As a, as a piece of action. But you know, I'm from the school where for the first 20 minutes I want to work out like what the premise is. I want to know, I'm very much character guy. I've always been that kind of writer. I've always been that kind of consumer, I suppose. And so 20 minutes into it, the action scene sort of ends and as I'm about to say, 
Oh God! Yuri goes. <laughs> <laughs> so that story is true that Yuri's been telling. It, okay, it good. is absolutely true. He good. just blew up because he was so happy with it. Feels right. Yep. For this yeah. film, I mean, you it's love that first it. breath that they give you. It's after that, after the oh, sandstorm, and you know. Oh, where it I know. Is. Right yeah. at that moment, I was, I was sort of sitting there thinking to myself, "Oh, that's a shame," because it looked great, right? Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, "Well, I, that's a shame. It's going to be one of those films." Because yeah. uh, it's not my kind of thing, and it was absolutely your kind of so thing. You so you knew in that you, moment, you're like, we're at cross purposes here. This I'm, is going to be a long film for both of us. The most damning indictment of any film would be meh, right? Uh, not that yeah. it's bad. Mediocre. Yeah. Not that it's good. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a meh. It was visually amazing. But what I would have wanted to do myself as a storyteller is take the part that, was, that worked itself out near the end, especially with Max, move that to the first 20 minutes and take that chase scene and move that right after the first 20 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it brings you in, it hooks you, but I, I, I don't invest 20 minutes like that. That's not my kind of story. Yeah. So it's just, mm -hmm. it goes to show how subjective this stuff is. You loved it. You thought it was amazing. Yeah. And I would argue, and it's funny because I would argue from story and character stuff that it's chock full of that, um, but it doesn't spoon feed it. And it leaves you asking the kind of questions that I like asking when I go to a movie like that. That I want to find out more, but, but I had enough to, to get me into it. But does the first 20 minutes feed you any character and story? Um, does, does that section feed you any character and story? Yes. I, f I feel that it does. Okay, what, what is it? I feel uh, in the very beginning, I mean, granted some of it is, is a bit of a cheat at the top. You know, you get, a, you get some uh, voiceover from Max at the top, which I... I actually, I didn't even need um, because I've lived in this world before, because I've, you know, I've seen the other films, because... It, that voiceover was also superfluous to this story. It has right. nothing to do with this story. It's right. just background and sort of introduction and yeah. reminding people that there were three other films. Please but, don't forget. But you're right. It, I mean, it does throw you in um, and throws you into the action right away. But I felt, I felt somehow, you know, respected by, he doesn't have to explain all this stuff. And I was getting character stuff as we went through action. I wasn't getting any character stuff. So now I've come in to your podcast and I'm like the curmudgeon already. Yes, yeah, this, this is great. No, this is, yeah, we this, like, this we is absolutely. On this show. Show. Most of the so time it's just an unabashed, you know, no. Mad Max jerk off in here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so, so this is how I felt about it. I liked the film to some extent, I liked mm -hmm. it. Um, th there are certain things that I need in films that, mm -hmm. that, that, are my only standard mm -hmm. and one of them is is that I just have to feel a real affinity for the characters and really mm -hmm. feel like there's a premise that I'm following mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to take another film that's completely different kind of film that I know you love and I mm -hmm. love too mm -hmm. uh, Fabulous Mr. Fox I right? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm being contrary. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. See, no. I'm not being contrary. This right. is my actual opinion. <laughs> right. Uh, fabulous Mr. Fox, right? Yeah, it's animation, but it's. Fantastic um, Mr. Fox. Fa Fantastic Mr. Fox, sorry. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, Wes Anderson, but based and, on the book, yeah. And it's brilliant, right? It's, it's, it's hilarious, it's quirky. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the animation style is quirky, mm -hmm. it takes its. It gives you the characters really gently. Um, you understand what they need. You understand the premise of, of mm -hmm. what's going to take you through the rest of the film. Right. Um, you know, you can get that out of most films that you mm -hmm. recognize and that you remember really well. Um, mm -hmm. There was just a thing on Twitter, and it was like favorite seven films. I thought, well, I'll, I'll kind of go through that because it's really hard to do. Yeah, right? I, I could not. Really a lot hard. of people have asked me that on Twitter, and I can't. I can't. 
I can't do it. I'm not so sure I could. I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of them. Um, yeah, you know, there's a few in there that I can sort of recognise, like Seven, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I like the way it feels. And, and But I mm -hmm. think it, they each share this thing where 20 minutes into it, I know what the setup is and what I'm expected to understand about the characters, right? Mm -hmm. 20 minutes into Mad Max, Fury Road, mm -hmm. they had driven across a desert and beat the crap out of each other, and I didn't care. Right, right. but who had done it? See, for me, you know, Max, Max, and we've been over this before, is sort of the catalyst of this film. Mm -hmm. He doesn't carry the arc. And you're right, we don't quite get Nux's arc, who has really the, the change in the film. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really come through until the latter half of the film. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, he starts out in a very specific place, and he is, you know, he is a convert. He's a true believer. He's a, he's a war boy. He's, he's everything that Furiosa is trying to escape from and to save these women from. Now, for me, uh, character-wise and building into that story, as soon as Furiosa, well, A, as soon as she comes on screen, I became hooked in because I'm like, well, they've established that this is a male-dominated, you know, and this is all violence and everything. Well, here's a, here's a woman care. What's, what's so, my mind started spinning. What's so different about her that she can exist in this? So that, that started spinning. And then when she takes the, you know, the right turn uh, when they're supposed to be doing this thing and goes up. I think it's a left it, turn. It's a, it's a left. You're right. It was a left turn. <laughs> Let's just be specific left turn about our film. At Albuquerque. Um... Uh, that's when that character, you know, that's when what I've been shown about that character and the world started to link up for me and make it really interesting. Um, you know, I, I, you know, obviously when you, when you go to a, you know, a movie, you, you have, you know, personally different things that, that hook you and different things that, you know, we've talked about, you know, for me, a thing that'll take me out of the movie right away, especially in genre films and sci-fi is if, uh, if they've clearly set up rules and then break them to do cool things. Mm -hmm. um, that'll immediately throw me. Mm -hmm. But I, I wasn't thrown in the same way that you were with... Well, it's, it's all subjective, but vive yeah. la difference, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I, I didn't get much more from it mm -hmm. in the first 20 minutes mm -hmm. than I would... Except it was incredibly well-crafted sure. and really inventive. So this incredible action scene is really, really well done. Yeah. It's... 13 minutes too long if it's 20 minutes long, right? For me, it's I want seven minutes of sure. it. I'll take that as my intro. Right. And I think, uh, you know, what I sort of rail mm -hmm. against a little bit is is things that are events. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is um, if someone's pitching a story or we're talking about something in a comic or a game or a film, television, if it's just this thing that happened, I call that an event. That's not a plot. That mm -hmm. was an event. That was a thing that happened. Mm -hmm. What I got out of those 20 minutes in my subjective realm mm -hmm. was 20 minutes of people driving in one direction trying to beat each other up. Mm -hmm. Right. I, 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 I fall, I think, almost precisely between the two of you. And I think this is, uh, this is interesting in, in that um, I, I've been racking my brain since you said that, trying to think of there's, if there's other movies I can come up with that spend the first 20 minutes, we'll call it, uh, of the film introducing the world instead of the characters. So Lord of the Rings starts in the Shire. It's completely not about Middle Earth at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, Star Wars starts on Tatooine. And, you know what I mean? There's always, like, mm -hmm. examples of massive world-building sci-fi that always choose to start with the character and expand from there. It's kind of mm -hmm. traditional storytelling. This movie does subvert that. It introduces all our characters. doesn't exposit them very well. But what it does is it gives an incredible world-building intro. And as we went back through it, 
it uses the guise of a chase sequence to introduce massive amounts of characters, massive amounts of world, and massive amounts of backstory for the universe. Yes, not things. Necess- yes, right. things, but not massive amount, not massive amounts of character. Correct. That's that. That's why I think I fall between the, you two. Is that I was very intrigued by the world because it's constant simulation in terms of. Uh, almost intellectual world building. It's like, who's that guy? What's that guy doing? What's his story? What's happening here? And all, all in sort mm-hmm. of a pulse-pounding gift box rap, rap, rapping. But there is something, I think, to be said for the idea of uh, maybe more nuggets of, of character story at the top of that could have mm-hmm. done both those things together. Because I, I totally mm-hmm. feel what he's saying, actually. I need to go close mm-hmm. to somebody's face, right? So take a, a film that we probably, to some extent, all admire, uh, which would be Blade Runner, mm-hmm. right? In Blade Runner, I get to look at that guy's face and and wonder what he's doing and wonder about these replicants and meet them a little bit Mm -hmm. and see the intrigue. I'm on their faces. I get to actually meet these people and hear about the things that they think in the world. No time for that in, in Fury Road. I would argue Road. you get faces. And I would argue you, you get introduced to characters, although you don't get the exposition of the characters. Mm-hmm. You don't get what they're thinking, what their goals are, what their motivations are. You get hints of that at best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it, it, yeah, it does a different thing. I, and, I, mm-hmm. and I have to imagine that's somewhat intentional in terms of like off to the races, let's just mm-hmm. get going and see what happens. Right. And is it, it is, I don't, can you guys think of other movies that do that where they exposit the world they... prior to the characters? Is that a thing that you guys can come up with because Max I would say Max, Max Fury Road pretty much does that mm-hmm. it yeah. prioritizes world over character at mm-hmm. first am, am I wrong here do you think well and, and they try and they try to introduce you to a lot um, off the very start but but I, I I found a lot of character nuggets in the action beats like when she does take that left hand turn her second in command comes up and they have a they have a conversation and it's close and there are things going on during that conversation that really start to get me intrigued and start to tell me about who she is, you know, specifically, and and, and in this world. Um, that how far into the film is that though? Because um, that's got to be twelve be... to fifteen minutes in, right? Am I overshooting that? Uh, no, I, I mean it's it's definitely in the first twenty minutes, and right. I would I would argue that it's in the first ten. Okay. I th- maybe okay. at the end of the first ten. Okay. Um, I mean that that is sort of the inciting incident in that they're supposed to be doing this thing, and she makes a left hand turn, and what the fuck is? That's yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, the the problem with ones that put world over character is they're not mm. good examples for someone like myself. It would be mm. something like Transformers, right? Mm. You know, they put world over character. Even that starts with Shia LaBeouf, doesn't it? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's oh, that's right. Forever. That's right. In his yeah, to in his house extent. with his family. But and, isn't yeah. that? I listen. I'm I not think. here. I'm not here to say I understand or remember Transformers, but I yeah. do feel like that movie starts with him, and it's all his POV as the Transformers come. Right. In, in, yeah, right. and in that case, it's just more they're trying to make the token attempt to. Yeah, I don't think they particularly sure, care sure. because, because they're not because they're not there to tell to. a story about a kid. Yeah, and all power to him, by the way. Like those films are great because they don't. I I wouldn't watch them. They're not my kind of film. But they are great for what they do, so that's more probably more world building over character. Mm. Do, you, do you think it's complicated by the fact that there is no? I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but the lead character in Fury Road is sort of shared between three people. It's not one person. So you've got Nux, which, who has the journey. You've got Max, who's sort of the catalyst, and Furiosa is kind of the driving force. She's I think the main she's character. the lead character. I think she's the main character. It's pretty cl- clear. No, but but Nux follow. has the emotional journey. Like yes, he, he has does. The arc. He has an arc. Sure. Yeah. He has, and he's a very important character. Right. I mean, she she doesn't change per se mm-hmm. over the course of the film. He has that. She's the main character, and Max sort of the catalyst. But it's but it's called Mad Max Fury Road, so it's so it's it's hard to sort of sort of 
look at that character development over the person we're supposed to be following. Because the person we're supposed to be following is kind of confusing yeah, in but that Ma respect. Max, I don't think that, that, that didn't bother me, that Max isn't really the focal point, mm -hmm. right? It's just, if you remember when you and I talked it through, because you were sort of amazed that I wasn't really that into the film. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's just one of those things. But if you, if you remember, I, there's a, part right near the end of the film where mm -hmm. Max finally becomes kind of vulnerable and says, yeah. you know, this is what made me mad, yeah. right? This is, why I'm, this is why I'm mad. Yeah. And and I, in the movie theater, said, finally. Right. Finally. I got something mm -hmm. that I can that I can watch, that I can hang my hat on. And the movie's um, almost over. The movie's almost <laughs> over. And I wanted to take that moment and put that 20 minutes into the film and mm -hmm. go, I can follow that guy or I can follow right. these people. But they didn't do it that way. So... It's just subjective. Um, it was mm -hmm. it was the kind of film that you would watch and you'd say, I love it, right? Mm -hmm. How about you, Travis? I mean, where were you at with this thing? You loved it, obviously, Cause right? you, Yeah, because you didn't see it first with me. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. You did. It's yeah. just not... I had already seen it several times. Let me... <laughs> right. right. No, he, he was like, come see this thing with me. No one, all my friends are sick of it. <laughs> You're my last friend who hasn't seen it. Please come join me. I can't see it alone again. You're about to be his last friend as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. The people at Arclight won't let me see it alone again. They think right. I have a problem. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was, I was, into, I was into it. I was super into it. I, I, uh, I challenge anyone to be as into it as Yuri. So, uh, you know, I think I, I, if Yuri was a twelve out of ten, I was probably a, you know, nine or ten out of ten. Right. Um, I, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about there's certain novels I think that that do this. I think David Mitchell does this a lot. I think Joshua Foer does this a lot, where they're sort of inscrutable characters in remarkable circumstances that mm -hmm. you come to know over time, and if it's to me, if the sentences are constructed well enough and the paragraphs are built well enough, you get to a place where you lean in and you're trying to decipher the characters, these inscrutable sort of blank faces that are presented, knowing that there's something to be seen. And those books certainly reward you know you over time, whether it's Slate House or, or Cloud Atlas. Like there's these these characters aren't presented to you very very clearly the circumstances in the worlds are presented are done very clearly i would argue and so i think there's a literary tradition for this um if and i would say that the sentences of film are the shots in the compositions right so if those are done well enough i'm still into it i'm still intrigued enough um so i i, I and you're I, hoping for that eventually and if it doesn't show up you may be disappointed. Right, but the chances of something, for example, you read a Dave Mitchell book, the sentence, he's a good enough writer that you go, it's going to fucking pay off. He's going to land this triple Lindy. Like, it's going right. to happen. You know, you right. just know it's going to happen. Or Urban Welsh, you know. Tra Train Spying doesn't right. kick off till the last fourth of the book in right. terms of characters. True. It's not that True. good. Otherwise, until. It's, yeah, it's just a bunch of stories. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but then he lands, he lands the fucking, yeah. he sticks the landing on that book. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm still stuck on that initial point of I, I can, I'm able to come up with books, I think, that do this, but I don't know of other movies that do this. And for me, I was drawn in enough by the, by the, uh, the world to trust that the characters are there. And I started sort of engaging myself and actively working for it. Mm -hmm. As a passive observer or receptacle of film, this kind of does fail, I think, in the world, in the, in the way you're describing, now that you say it. But I think that for me, I was, I mean, I was prepped unfairly by Yuri. He's like, this is the best movie of all time. If you don't love it, you're not friends. Please come see it. So I was like. There's a lot of pressure. Let's a lot be of honest. pressure. Yeah. And I think you probably paid for the ticket, which made me feel like I had to right. like it. But. <laughs> I was holding your hand, which is, is awkward. Super because, aggressively, by right, the way. Yeah, right. So I, you know, I think I was prepped in a way where I had been told it was good going in, which does skew your impression of things just inevitably. But I was leaning in and searching for character 
stuff as I went, and I mm -hmm. and I did find it as I went, but it, it mm -hmm. wasn't set up the way traditional films are set up character wise. Well, let's just be clear. When I walked when I walked in to go see the film, I really wanted to love it. Yeah, I expected. Yeah, well, let's to love go back to, because you said you said it it was not you you had certain expectations. I didn't now, have story what? expectations. I never go in to see a film right. with an expectation. But you would see. But you had. But you had grown you up with Maddox, the other movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, I wanted to love it, and I appreciated it. That's mm -hmm. what I did. I didn't love mm -hmm. it. Didn't yeah. care for it particularly. I just appreciated that it was visually amazing. Right. Um, that it was grand in scope. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for the things that people were speaking about. You know, like. Um, the sort of male-female dominated environments mm -hmm. and all this other kind of stuff that they had mm -hmm. intuited into the story. I didn't really right. care one way or the other. Right. It, it wasn't that for me. I just didn't get that, you know? Right. Um, I, so uh, uh, my writing partner and I tend to, he tends to be uh, on the character spectrum and I tend to be more on the world-building spectrum. I really am intrigued by these things and on an intellectual level and sometimes an emotional level. Like, world-building can get me sort of amped up in a connective way where I don't feel like it's mm -hmm. just a purely intellectual exercise for me. I think it's something I viscerally enjoy. Um, and it's a movie that he loved on a character level and I loved on, a, I think, a holistic world-building level. I mean, he did too. But um, this this particular schism hasn't come up in conversation before and I'm pretty intrigued mm -hmm. by it because I think it's... I knew having you on the show was going to be a big mistake. I mean, it was, <laughs> was going to be interesting and, well, and something... Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> swayed by what he's saying in a way. Like, I, I get what he's saying and I hadn't necessarily considered it You're before. You're allowed to. I know Just, I know. there's much like when you went to see the movie with me for the first time, there's a certain amount of pressure because this oh, right, is a, right, right. a show about Mad Max Fury Road. But also, I, I guess I, today is I, six foot nine, about 280. He's very right, physically right, threatening. Right. And I don't want to cross him. And, and the accent. You've got you to gotta sort of trust somebody with an accent. Right? <laughs> no, after Brexit, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, no, but I, I, but I, love, I love being able to pick it apart, and I love how subjective it is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just intrigued by the idea of... I don't want, I don't want something that everybody's going to love, too. I mean, that's yeah. that's Well, bullshit. I do. I think everyone should love this film, honestly. I, but but I, if, I'm being, if I'm being honest about it... I don't understand the people who don't love it. Right. But. What was it that you wanted... Me, that's interesting actually. Mm -hmm. What was it that you wished I felt afterwards? Because when I said mm -hmm. I didn't really have that great of a reaction to the right. film and you were a bit disappointed because yeah. you loved it so yeah. much, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think because. Why am I here? <laughs> because, because, I, because, I, because I know we're both story guys uh -huh. um, and, 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 and character guys, I, I guess I had gotten. All of that stuff that that I wanted from story and character and world building, um, and arcs and like all of the things that you know come together to make something better than it should be, um, I felt I got that um, in a, in a subtle way, in a not spoon fed way, in a way that left a lot of questions that made me more intrigued rather than frustrated with the film, um, and and from a, from visual cues, I got a, a, a lot of those things were were very subtle visual moments and very specific design things. Um, and I guess because it, it had hit me on such a, a grand level, I'm like, oh my God, I got all the action that I wanted from a movie like this. And I also feel that I got, you know, emotional moments and, you know, that the, you know, I, I never lost the story and it never felt like it was breaking rules and it, it you know. Um, and so I, I, of course, wanted everybody to see what I saw. Mm -hmm. So I do, guess that's what... Do you wish what, that I loved it? 
Now, is that honest? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I do, I do wish that that you'd loved it because because I respect you and your storytelling, and I want to, you know, I want to, sh I want to share in this joy with everybody. But who do sees you understand? This film. That, do you understand that I don't dislike it at all? I yes. Just, it just for me, it was yes. like I saw it and said, okay. I saw that film and it was quite interesting. I liked the visuals mm -hmm. of it and that's it, I'm done. Because, because yeah. I, you know, when I teach at university, I'll often say to people, look, if you had, let's just take it in terms of the simplest thing, a comic yeah. book. If you had a comic book that was beautiful pictures, mm -hmm. but a poor story, mm -hmm. or you had a, a comic book that was a really memorable story with just stick figures, mm -hmm. which one would you actually remember? I think the, you'd the, remember the, the story. Visual. I know. I th yeah, but, so but, you would. Yeah, so, so that's being, so we're different that way. That's funny. You well, would, no. therefore, that it's perfect for you. Because that because that because that for me is it because for, for comics, usually what hooks me first is a style or oh. the, the visual. All right. And then it gets me, and if I've got a, you know, if I've got a good story, now, now if, I, if I get through it and it's just pretty, but the story's not good, I won't like it. And I won't remember it. And, but... But the visuals are what's going to hook me for, for a comic book generally. But I don't or think, if I already know the source material or, the, or a character that mm -hmm. I already know or something like that. I don't think Max does that, though. I think Mac, Mad Max Fury Road is a really good story. I think it, in a lot of ways, tried to, tries to subvert traditional storytelling um, structure and expectations. And we found that throughout the film. Um, and if you're not engaged actively in searching out character beats and story beats, they're they're gonna fly past. And the more this is this movie, you know, we go four minutes at a time. Right. And we, scrutiny. And I mean, have you seen it since the since we saw it together? No, no, no. Okay. So I haven't seen so, it yeah. since. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's, it has really rewarded that. And I, and I had that sense of that inkling. Not not that a movie, not that you should have to watch a movie five times to appreciate it. I'm not making that argument at all. But I I do I did have the sense when I watched it the first time that there was something here and when I pushed on characters they sort of held up and if I tried to backtrack why decisions were made by certain people they held up and I was like huh that's interesting so it, it engaged me in a different way than other films have on a character level specifically not on a visual level mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and choosing not to do traditional exposition we sort of knew that intuitively we sort of mm -hmm. bandied it about but we haven't discussed it that choice right. to not have traditional character exposition to give you a hat rack to hang your hat on throughout the rest of the movie. It just says, here we go, sort it out, guys. Like, figure it out as we go. Yeah. And for me, I was intrigued by that challenge, and the movie rewarded me for going down that rabbit hole of saying, what is this guy fucking doing? Like, what is he, what is, what is, what is she doing? What's happening? And there is a fantastic story there. So it's not Aristotelian spectacle without story. Like, there's a great mm -hmm. story here, but it's not given to you in a way and I and I wonder now having hear, heard, heard him talk about this if the sheer extravagance of the spectacle detracts from people being able to examine the characters because in a way you're blowing your fucking hair's blown back on, on the opening yeah and you're like yeah. what the fuck is happening yeah yeah so it's not it doesn't invite you in that moment to go what's up with this guy's expression in frame four like, right it doesn't, it and doesn't if you had given you me more that. than two frames i might have been able to focus on it right but it's there's so much quick cutting mm -hmm. that you don't get to stay I mean, on ultimately, you don't get to ultimately land on when you get to the end of this thing yeah the, say the first 20 minutes that we've been right. talking about when you get to the end of it you have your your own impression. In the end, mm -hmm. when you go to sleep at night, you go to bed with your conscience and you're the person that judges for yourself. You don't really mm -hmm. necessarily uh, take everybody else's advice or anything. You drift off to right. sleep by yourself thinking about things in the way that right. you want to. Right. And no one can make you think differently as you're no, drifting sure. off to sleep. And I don't want to make you think differently. No, no, no. I, I just, just... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean more like this. You know, you saw these quick cuts and these... Mm -hmm 
pieces of character development as you saw it and said, that just blew my mind. I remember being right there, sitting right next to you when you did it. And you yelled very loudly at the moment that I was literally taking a breath as I was about to say to you, fuck oh, this movie. Right. That is really interesting. And then you're like, oh, I won't say that now. I won't you're say that now. Say right, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for after. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little swayed by what you're saying. Are you swayed by what you're saying in terms of um, not that this is any kind of intervention. This was. No, this I'm is not. Curious. Curious. Yeah. I, I really. Yeah. I, I mean, just listeners, yeah. so you can say strategically. Um, uh, I am sitting between our two, our other two hosts here right now, um, and I feel like structurally that's kind of like uh, I'm, I'm moderating a debate or something. Actually, I think I think probably at some point I'm going to go watch it again, you know, and just yeah. take a look and see. Uh, it's the kind of film that mm. I would see again um, at some point. When, yeah. Whenever I sure. come up for air. Sure. I'd lo I'd love to talk to you after that. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I Regardless of, of how you come away from the second uh, yeah. viewing. Yeah. Well, I, I, so that's the intro, and that makes sense. Were you kind of just not checked out, but by the time it got to Character Town, were you like, okay, cool, did it come did it come around? What's your reaction to the back half I, of the I film? had a number of issues with the film anyway. I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. they drove in a straight line over here, went there, mm -hmm. and said, you know what we should do? Let's go back. Mm -hmm. Let's double back. And I said, even just in terms of advancement, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be a quirky, not not tried plot point mm -hmm. um, or, or if they couldn't think of anything. I don't know what that was, you know, mm. for me. Right. I just, but at that point, I think I was a bit colored by the fact that I wasn't really digging the film. Mm -hmm. So maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that's looking if at they had, with shit-colored glasses on. Yeah. Right, if yeah. they had hooked you sooner with character stuff, mm -hmm. you may have gone along for the ride I just absolutely easier. need yeah. character. I need yeah. character and story to be the driving force and not, mm -hmm. not pictures. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I just truly feel and believe that the story or the characterization mm -hmm. was was ripe for the plucking. And in fact, mm -hmm. you know, some of the characters really did come through over time, and mm -hmm. that's great, but it just took too long, mm -hmm. right? in my opinion. By right. the time they opinion. got there, you were already like, well, yep. screw this thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't care that you got here at this point. It took me too long. You... You did lots of pictures of, of crazy people fighting, and I don't mm -hmm. care for that. It doesn't bother me. Right. Mm -hmm. I, right. I could care less about that kind of stuff. Have you gotten this reaction from other people here? Because this is a different sort of reaction, I think. No, I've, I've had a lot of people just come down on, oh, it was bullshit, it was just a chase movie. Mm -hmm. It was that. just an action movie and nothing else. It was... Uh, it was it was stupid or it was. Oh, uh, I certainly don't think it that. Was, I never yeah. thought. Yeah, no, no, no. That. I know, yeah. I know. That's yeah, why I'm, I'm, that, yeah. I'm. That's why. I'm, that's how I'm differentiating yeah. how how we're uh, discussing it now from uh, from a lot of the other people, or they said that it had, and we've talked about this before. They said it it had no story. It was just a chase, and and we have to bring up. There's a difference between plot and story. Mm -hmm. It was a very simple plot, mm -hmm. but I whereas I feel, whereas they felt that there was no story there, I felt that the plot was simple, but there was actually a lot of story. Mm -hmm. um, Same. So, so I mean, I, and I know that's that's not th no, those that's, those aren't your fine. those aren't your hangups. That's probably you know, why I watch it again because yeah, because the characters did go somewhere. They just mm -hmm. went somewhere eventually, and uh, I wasn't mm -hmm. there by the time they. I wasn't right. living in it, it, it by took, the time yeah, that they. Yeah, it took them too yeah. long to to yeah. get to that. Probably that. Do you think there was conversations about that in the writers' room um, in terms of how to do that? Because I I do think that I'm going back over the first twenty minutes in my mm -hmm. head now, and we are ex asked. I think pretty aggressively to come on board and to sort of almost project 
uh, character ideas onto certain people, you know, in terms of how we would feel in that moment, or this guy is, is mm -hmm. captured, he's trying to escape, what, is, what are all these crazy people, what are they doing, mm -hmm. who are these women being uh, kept as sequestered right. in this oasis, like... Who are these people he's seeing in his mind, who are the, what are these yeah, memories, what is that from? It's what asking that, yeah. us to do a lot, I think, mm -hmm. in retrospect, it's, it's sort of asking us to just, hey, sort this puzzle out, and I happen to be a, a, a person who loves stories that I have to sort out, it's something I've always enjoyed, you know, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think I was prime or sort of ripe for that sort of storytelling. Uh, but I wonder in the writer's room if there was a lot of discussion about like, how much do we give the audience and how much do we just say, hey, oh, uh, buckle your seatbelt and we're going to drive this car and then you're gonna, mm -hmm. you guys can look out the window as we go and good luck. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. I know from hearing George talk uh, at that Q&A that he just basically said, it's a chase movie, we're getting going as fast as possible and we'll shove in our exposition as we, as we go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's worked out splendidly in terms mm -hmm. of aggressive, fast-paced storytelling and finding clever that, ways to, to, to explain. That never slows down and lays the exposition over the top. It's delivered right. as an action beat. And that, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. I mean, listen, just as a storyteller, I think going back to watch the first... 45 minutes of this film and watching how they find clever exposition beats, it's pretty remarkable just just as a toolbox kit for future projects. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And, and the challenge they laid themselves, a bunch of clever storytellers got together and were like, we're not stopping the chase. How do we do this? You know? I'm, I'm all for that in the sense that um, I'll often sort of, again, probably it's part of teaching now. I get to talk about it more. and. Yeah. Um, I often will say Wait, to you people... you get paid to talk about movies? I actually get paid to talk about we, all kinds of Because we do this... Because <laughs> this actually costs us... This. This, this actually costs uh -huh. us money. This literally costs this, us money. It's far smarter. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, see what I did there? Um, I think, you know, when I get to talk about storytelling like this, I, I will say, look, there are times when you can have a conversation between two people, right? Uh, it could be a really compelling and interesting conversation. And then there are times when that compelling and interesting conversation is much better when you have the two of them skateboarding or climbing a mountain or something. That's just mm. even more visually interesting. Mm. But that people fall into that trap where they insist that they have to do that. Right. And then there are times when you want those two people to sit down in a coffee shop and have that conversation mm. like that instead. Right? Mm. And it just depends on the moment. And so there, there's probably this thing that they chose to do in the film where they said, let's not let anybody take a breath. Um, and that's cool. And I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mm -hmm. don't care. That doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Um, not, not, no, yeah. but, so now I am sounding like a curmudgeon. No, I, 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 no look, and I think if you, and I, I think, I posit that if you went back and saw the film again, you would find the breaths. Mm -hmm. Because the breaths so are there, they're just not as many as are normally given. I really, I, I really, really, really want to do a follow-up episode to this where you watch it, and I want to talk about it again. Because now I'm in, and I want to watch the beginning again now, Yuri. I want to go yeah, back and with, sort of, with this in mind. Yeah, because I'm intrigued by this, as a, as a construction piece, this movie's been fun to talk about. We're both screenwriters, like we're like interested in sort of parsing out how this thing gets, gets put together, what the nuts and bolts are of it. And it is a different introduction than we've seen in a lot of films. And it is a, I mean, the, the, the cleverness with which they've loaded details into scenes that I would argue aren't like freeze frame and, oh, look at that. Like, but stuff you can pick up on a first or second watch mm -hmm. um, that even subconsciously gives you details about people that you sort of latch on to. And it's interesting going through it again with Yuri. Um, we both cued into different details um, throughout the mm -hmm. film. And I'm like, oh, this, this thing is really cool. I was like, I've never even noticed that. But did you notice this thing? No. And watching it four minutes at a time gives us gives it a certain level of scrutiny that, that neither of us had given it sure. even before, you but, know, but in, watching the film follow the way through. Yeah, true. But it, also importantly, I think 
even though we queued into different details, it was both, we both had an experience of it being enough and you had the experience of it not being enough. Mm -hmm. And that is intriguing to me that for whatever reason, it didn't give you what you needed from a, from a, why are we doing this perspective? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck do right. I care perspective? I spent so much of my time trying to explain to people um, about story, you know, because I think I have a very, very broad definition of story. And uh, so I'm open to lots of different types of things and uh, different mediums. And just I believe that you really have to be able to say about a story, this is why it deserves to exist. Mm -hmm. This is why. This is what's cool about it. And so for my tastes, the first 20 minutes of that film or so didn't give me this reason to say why it should exist. And then I was struggling to find myself mm -hmm. through the film. I didn't really care. if like it's not, it's not my job to like it, right? It's not my job to like yeah. it. It's, yeah. I like it if it's great or it's something that really speaks to me. So I'm, I, I can't go into a film and try to like it. If I like it, great. If I don't like it, it's yeah. understandable. And it wasn't that I disliked it. I just had finished the film and sort of said, well, you know, that's, that happened. That, that's a damning yeah. indictment to my style of film. I would rather walk out and say, I'll remember that. Yeah. But I remembered elements of it and visuals and didn't particularly care um, for a lot of the things that I'd heard about the film. You know, I, mm. I was expecting great things in, in terms of, um, wow, this will really show you how uh, the women are the strongest in a patriarchal society or something. And I had mm -hmm. heard these things about this film and I didn't mm -hmm. walk in, I never walk into films with expectation, but I thought sure. that'd be interesting. I can't wait to see how they do that. Yeah. And I didn't get in much of that. I mean, mm -hmm. I could see what they did, but I didn't really mm -hmm. care. So not caring is kind of a damning indictment for any project. It's, it's, yeah. the, it's the damingest indictment of in, in the film, the, the worst sort of criticism or insult is mediocre. He yeah. yells mediocre and that's, wouldn't say it was mediocre. It was visually beautiful and really exciting, and lots of other things. Right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't mediocre because I do remember it. Mm -hmm. Mediocre right. is Watchmen. Sure. Okay? Right. Walk yeah. out of right. Watchmen and say, "Well, meh. 12, yeah. Twelve bucks and two hours. I'll never have back. Right. Not bad enough to be." I remember a big blue. I remember a big blue penis. I was about to right. say the yeah. only thing anyone remembers from that movie is a big blue. It's a big blue penis. <laughs> if you ask anyone, hey, what, do you, what scene do you remember? Big blue penis. Big blue penis. Yeah, big yeah. blue penis is what you get. Which is not, uh, to be fair, mediocre. So I don't have. Right. I don't true. have huge memories of, of Fury Road. Right? I don't have mm -hmm. these memories of things mm -hmm. that I think were compelling in it, with the exception of, probably the war boy getting sort of like, some humanity that probably mm -hmm. was always there. Mm -hmm. But certainly Max, you know, the mm -hmm. moment near the end where he said, you know, this is what's made me mad or whatever the line is. Mm -hmm. um, I said, oh, wow, that was great. He was so vulnerable. That poor guy, you know, like, I got yeah. that, right? That was really well done. Mm -hmm. he, the acting was really well done. Mm -hmm. um, but at that point, it was too far in for me. I wish that existed elsewhere in the film. Mm -hmm. It is an interesting first 20 minutes. It's, it's, you have three concurrent stories that don't overlap hardly at all. Mm -hmm. uh, that are all sort of being very passively or almost not at all exposited. You got Max who is captured and then escapes and is captured again. Mm -hmm. You have Nux going to grab his wheel, having a brief little you know kerfuffle mm -hmm. with Slit. Mm -hmm. And then you have Furiosa who is this sort of almost stoic, unspeaking character for the first mm -hmm. 20 minutes who makes this confusing decision. Mm -hmm. So those are the three stories that you're laying in. And it's almost like just in media rest, we're jumping into this thing that's happening um, and going for it. 
And I don't know that any three of those, all those are necessary um, beats to understand the story that unfolds and the way the characters come together. We have mm -hmm. to know where Max comes from. We have to know who this Nux guy is. And we have to understand Furiosa. So mm -hmm. you got to do that. Right. Um, and I don't know a better way to sort of give us more about about that story because you kind of want Max to be inscrutable in a certain way um, for the story to work. And, and Furiosa's backstory isn't particularly necessary to the story. Nor mm -hmm. Nux. Nux's backstory is very uninteresting. He's captured. He's been a war boy his whole life. It's a shitty backstory. So, right. like, how do you do it? I guess, I, you know, I'm sure they wrestled with this. Now that you're bringing it up, I'm sure they must have had this conversation in the room of, like, hey, mm -hmm. we're not giving them much to go on character-wise. We're just launching into a thing with some dudes, and then we can get there, the story. I don't know mm -hmm. that the story works if you front-load the Max Exposition. I don't know if that... No, I, don't, I don't think so. I just think... Perhaps just it's, it's all subjective. Who knows how yeah. it would have worked differently for me? It works because plenty of people love that film, yeah, right? yeah. so mm -hmm. it does work. Mm -hmm. yeah. It does work. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the arbiter of whether it works or not. Yeah. Um, but why did it not work for me? I could have used time for the chase to stop and see something within it, mm -hmm. or to get the vulnerability, or to mm -hmm. understand that this guy had a... I could have used a little exposition... Before uh, the chase even started. Yeah, because uh, you don't care about the fight unless you care about the two people the in people. the fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about the fight. Yes, the stakes, absolutely. If you don't care about the people, it's hard to to feel the stakes of yeah. any any we're, action scene or any scene at all. We're watching, we're watching the Olympics right now, you know, and... Really, I mean, NBC are over the top about it. They have been in the past, you know. And, Those and, little uh, packages they're doing? The well, they, they've done this forever. You know, they've always had this thing where they would say, okay, let's get the backstory of these people and right. let's tell right. the yeah, yeah. story yeah. of rags to riches, you know. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it gets boring because ultimately I would like to see the javelin. I love it. You know, like, why mm -hmm. not let us see the people throwing it instead of taking so much time that you've taken mm -hmm. uh, to show the backstory. Now, Dick Ebersole worked out years ago that when someone pitches a baseball and they hit the baseball over don't follow the baseball go look at the pitcher's face the coach's face that's a story mm. and so it's, it's right. a story sports is a story just like anything else um, why then is the NFL so compelling I don't know but people are still they're looking at the coaches they're looking at you know the tactics it's, it's interesting but it is a story and most sports are like that right mm -hmm. so it's very intelligent of them to understand that don't, don't just show where the ball goes show what the people are doing that's mm -hmm. where I need to be. And therefore, we loved Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali was the first larger in life that said, I am the greatest and he had these things. And he sort of went yeah. like, oh, I, I know that guy's story. And the story that he created of himself and Foreman and himself and Frazier, these, these were stories that he made and we lapped it up. We mm -hmm. loved him and that's mm -hmm. why he was the greatest. You know, was he the greatest boxer of all time? No, Marvin Hagler was, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, he was one of them and and he was so brilliant and I mm -hmm. connected to Muhammad Ali because my parents were divorced when I was very very young my dad disappeared but I remember very few things about my dad I do remember sitting there watching Ali do the rope a dope and going oh I think he's gonna I think he's gonna lose right yeah. yeah so if you if you consider that he had made these stories these things were things that I cared about and maybe it affected me at an early age I need that and I don't know if Mad Max Fury Road gave me that um, enough when I was watching the first part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I, I, you know, I wouldn't call it a mistake because it's a successful film that loads of people loved or more right. forgiving of, and I mm -hmm. just uh, wasn't into it yeah. because of mm -hmm. those reasons. Yuri, are you swayed by that? I know. I, I no. I, I just no, know. and that's and that's that's okay because I because the same things that he's saying he didn't get. 
I somehow did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's it's not to say that I was looking harder or that you were not paying as attention. I I don't think it's that at all. Yeah. I think for for whatever, because we're different people, You know, I keyed into to different things, and, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they, they lit me up. You know, you have a visual aesthetic. You yeah. have, you know, stuff, and you like yeah. cool things, right? right. I do yeah. too. I love yeah. cool things, and I have stuff. You're, you're, as a, well. cre- you're a creator. You're a creator of cool things. Trust me. And like cool things. Look at the list of the cool things this guy's created, huh? and it's, huh? it's mind-boggling. Yeah. I love the idea of a compliment being you like stuff and have like cool things. I'm just looking around the room. There's all kinds of stuff and cool things. Right, right. It's all very distracting. Here. Including a page of big numbers. There they go. That's right. Thanks, yeah. thanks to you. <laughs> hidden, hidden, hidden briefly by the right hand of doom and the spear of destiny. That's but right. you know, the more, the more must things be like, I collect. What the fuck is going on in this office? Because every, every one, episode, one day we'll have to, a new weird detail leaks out about. One day we'll have to post pictures of my office. Oh, it's or not, terrifying. and just let you imagine that it's the most that it looks like you're in Mel Del Toro's house. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Bleak house. Uh, did you go to that exhibit? Like Not yet. Yeah. Um, next week, I think. All right, I'll go with you. Maybe. Okay. All right. I'll let um, you all go. No, I, no, I feel you. I, I, I don't. I don't. Sway was probably even the wrong word, but I, I know that I know your visual. Stolen any of the joy from? Is that? No, 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 no. Uh, intrigued by? I guess is a better, better question. Just, oh, I'm definitely intrigued just by. From I, a I love telling perspective. I'm interested love, yeah. in how it could be done differently. That's all. I like to think about. Okay, cool. They made this choice. What were the alternate choices, mm-hmm. and why did they go this way? Yeah, and could they have even done it better? Or could they have possibly done it better by? layering in more of this. I like mean, I, I might have done, like, we'll take an example that's probably the wrong example, but you could see this happening. Um, let's take the example of the, the part that I liked about Max at the end, where he sort of talks about his madness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have taken more uh, a moment to show his madness, uh, you know, to demonstrate it earlier on, and then when it pays sure. off with that character moment at the end, you say, great, you know, now right. I get it. Right. Instead, we had to go through this entire path to get to that, and right. uh, you know, it took a long if time. If you can't fix what's broken, uh, <laughs> you'll go insane. Yeah. That was Bane. That was, that was definitely, definitely Bane. Bane. Not that, was, that was more. That was more Bane. Uh, I don't. I, well, he can pull them all out, you know. He's a voice actor. <laughs> <Yeah, like. laughs> very talented. Just don't it's ask me to do an Australian accent. <laughs> well, that's been an ongoing right. problem in this podcast. Right. Uh, Have you tried? Because uh-huh. I can yeah. actually do perfect. Oh, see, well, you're, you say, well, you're so much better than me then. Because that, no, no, that's no, one no, of those ones. You're a professional voice actor. No, but I'm, I'm saying that well, Australian. I always, I always get to it, and it always sounds really hammy and horrible. Um, Have or you just, or just an wrong. Australian slang for him. We've learned some Australian slang. Come on, let's hear, let's hear it. Bonza. Bonza. Bonza Bonza is yeah. And then the ones that you just make up. Yeah. He just, he just comes up with a weird squibber. Yeah. Which, oh, I, could, I don't think that means oh, I could, anything. I could definitely see squibber. That's that sounds like a good one, right? Ah, you big squibber. Yeah. My bro. Poinga. You poinga. Sounds like a good one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, you. Yeah. You poinga drongo. Drongo. Yeah. Drongo. Well, drongo's real. Drongo's real. Drongo's yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. It's so strange. I know. <laughs> Um, and yeah, to be fair, and to even things out, I cannot do an American accent to save my life. So. <laughs> you tried? Oh, will you try? No, because he tried an Australian accent. You should try an American accent. Oh God! Say, well, it, okay. Does it sound like John so, Wayne when you do it? That's, that's I have no idea. I'll say this to. I, there's one thing I do know how to say, because uh, I live in Georgia, so I know how to say "Where you from, boy?" I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. right? I hear that. But it, yeah. I guess to hear how bad my Australian, my American accent would be, you'd have to feed me a sentence and say, say that with an American accent. Well, I love, um, first of all, before, which we're going to do, for sure. No, this right. is, no before you do so that, though, <laughs> where are you going, boy? I love that the one phrase you can say consistently in, a, in an American accent, 
borders all racist. I hear it all the time. Yeah, I know. I lived in Georgia for four years, yeah. so I know very well. Uh, give him a sentence, Yuri. Oh, well, why don't we go with the oh, sentence that, that was already, um, if you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. Great. Okay, here we go. Our guest is having a bit of a meltdown. Just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to explain what's happening in the room. Give it to me one more time, Con. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. <laughs> Why must I do this? I do not. <laughs> I'm so into what's happening right now. Okay. Give it one more. Oh, okay, one okay. more. Okay. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. <laughs> <laughs> that was not bad, though. That was... It's literally my equivalent of oh. Kevin Costner being Robin Hood. Right, I just right. <laughs> yeah, it was a reverse Dick Van Dyke. Yes, I right, cannot right. play, you know, the Blade Runner. I just let's just accept it. Right, right. Like, yeah, like a British like, person having a stroke. That's like when I talk about, you know, I, I always audition well, actually, for Batman and everything, but I'm, I'm never going to, not with this, not who I am and not with this voice, I'll never play Batman, but I always audition for Batman. You're wearing I, a sleeveless tee, just for those listeners at home, so it's pretty Batman-esque. I have learned how to do an American accent just a little bit, and this is what, out of necessity, because I have this absolute hate fest with Siri. I want to kill her, right. she's trying to kill me, uh -huh. I've been breaking up with her ever since I've had her, and so this is, what, this is what she does. In my phone, I keep just two people that are the only two evil people I've ever met, like the most hateful people, and I've kept them for years because I, I would worry, you know, if they call me up, you want to, uh, yeah. I want to know that they're messing with me again mm -hmm. or something like that, right? Yes. So when I and you use still Siri, answer the phone when I call you. <laughs> <laughs> when I use Siri, I'll say to her, Siri, um, call Chris Marino, my great friend, brilliant mm -hmm. artist, right? Call Chris Marino, and she and she starts calling this person, person oh, no. and now I have to turn oh, it no. off. Oh, the no. only way that I can get Siri to actually call Chris Marino is to say, Siri. Call Chris Moreno. So I have to basically. <laughs> <laughs> that was an American accent. I have to be it was a gay hammy, guy. But it was, uh, right, you right. make me hate uh, my culture. <laughs> I have to do it that way. That's the only Terrible. way. So she's messing with me. She's trying to humiliate me. Yeah. Call Chris Moreno, and she will dial. <laughs> She'll it. do it. Otherwise, she won't do it. She'll do something completely random. That is fantastic. Well, she's, 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 heck. she's humiliating you. She's trying to. Yes. Wow. A fucking Siri. Right? But because, yeah, yeah. This is the future of AI, guys. It's going to turn us all. No, because into, like, I've never seen you embarrassed girls. in your life. There's no way to actually humiliate you. Yeah, However, that was close. She's doing her best. Asking me to doing her best. Give me the line one more time. I'm going to really genuinely right, nail try. It, nail it. Nail it. Okay. Okay. Nail it. Come don't on. don't make eye contact with him. I won't. It falls apart. Just, Here we go. Okay. And I won't. And I won't do it. Hear it and try to repeat it. It's going to be awful. Here we go. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. That That's, was okay. It, it's awful. Was, That's no, just it British. wasn't awful. It I was, want to be honest. I wanted it to be awful. It, it, <laughs> just comedically. It, I, I just do not have <laughs> I it. That was pretty good, though. I do yeah. not have it. If, yeah. you can't, if you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. Now I can yeah. do that. That's better. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's just yeah. saying yeah. it. <laughs> I've tried to do Australian accents a couple times and gotten blasted. That was a lot more New Zealand I just mm -hmm. did, but yeah, we'll go with that. I can't do any yeah. of it. I yeah. can't do any of it. It's not, it's not my Fix. wheelhouse. Fix. Fix. We both have roles in the podcast. Yuri knows all the facts about the film and says all the smart things and does the accents. Mm -hmm. And I sit next to him. Okay. That's our role. <laughs> is, that, is that the breakdown, <laughs> that, that's of, the breakdown the... Of, of duties? I support him as he does those things that people like to hear. That's yes. how I go about it. <laughs> oh, I want to say a thing that's relevant to our conversation now. Um, this email you sent me this morning, or forwarded, 
Uh, yes. Uh, but this Japanese, the, this woman who was in Japan. Do you just want to tell uh, that story real quick? The the one who forwarded me this morning. The oh, woman about that, the she she talked about uh, uh, the. Um, the moment, the moment the, actually the moment? that he yeah. keeps referring, or you you brought up a couple times when uh, Furiosa takes the left and her second in command is like whoa whoa whoa. Yeah. You just want to tell that story because it's um, interesting. Well, well, you know what? I'll uh, I don't think this this can't because we're calling up. Uh, I'll, I'll read the because uh, it because it's an interesting uh, comment um, that a uh, a listener uh, who's who's been binging thanks to uh, uh, thanks uh, Mark Sexton for uh, yeah. for bringing some more attention to the podcast. Z Star. Says, hey guys, I'm marathoning through all these posts after Mark Sexton wrote about joining the podcast. Have you ever met Mark? No. I, I would imagine that at, at certain times you might, you guys might actually yeah, probably at, intersected. Yeah, intersected probably at a convention yeah. in Australia. To be yeah. Honest. Um, uh, and I wanted to share a defining moment from the film that appears in this segment that you watched. Um, I actually saw this in the cinemas in Japan on my own, and having grown up on Mad Max, I had to see it. I was immediately taken in uh, with the film. Totally agree, one of the greatest films in recent history. But there was one moment that actually made me look around the cinema to see if anyone else had noticed. When Furiosa said, we're heading east, her second takes a moment, uh, takes a moment to look at her, and you see that he doubts her. It's weird, but he doesn't challenge her. He doesn't push her for it. He totally respects her decision as being uh, for a reason that he isn't privy to. I honestly cannot remember any other film or TV show where if a woman deviates from the plan or does something unexpected, who then doesn't get doubted by male colleagues or underlings. It was all I could do to not stand up, point at the screen and yell, Did you motherfucker see this? He just respected her as an authority without questioning her. Just something I noticed, um, that I noticed as a woman. I later took some friends to see it uh, there, another group of women, and I specifically brought up this point with them. They all took it to a lesser extent in the same way that I did. Uh, the scene where her, uh, her second command warboy didn't specifically challenge her despite having doubts. As much as what dialogue is left is important, uh, this was a moment where uh, the dialogue that was left out absolutely blew me away. So, and then she she goes into a couple of other stuff, but uh, yeah, but I love that people find you know I I think that it is you know a testament to to, to good art mm -hmm. that people see different things in it and nobody and not everybody loves it. So and this, I mean that that quote that, that you know if if everybody loves what you're doing you're doing something wrong. Right. I think is you're Taylor Swift. Yeah. No I'm, hating. No hating on Taylor Swift, but. Uh, Aren't you dating Taylor Swift? I can't talk about it. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I that that is relevant to our conversation. In that, I, I think that that it's the moment we keep talking about, and it's interesting to see how that impacted somebody. But I also think the counter argument can be made that when I talk about, not to bring this film up again, but The Force Awakens, you know, when people talk about it as a whole, Yuri is shaking his head at me. When you talk about it as a whole, it's piece of shit. Like the thing falls apart. But the people, when you talk about what people love about it, you say, "Oh, tell me what you liked about that film." They'll just pick out, "Oh, I love that they had a uh, 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 black lead," or "I love that they had a female lead." And great, those are all reasonable things. Totally just, totally valid. Fine, great. I agree with Every all. Every person's things. truth is true. Yeah. Um, I think it's great, and, and there's lots of moments like, oh, this sequence is great. Cool, that's totally true. Great sequence. The movie sucks, right? And so I, I, I think there's this tendency of... The movie sucks, in your opinion. The movie sucks objectively. <laughs> Wait, do you like it? <laughs> from, a, from a story. Okay, from a, no, I don't. But I mean, I think, yeah. you know, vive la difference, right? Everybody right. likes different things. For every different I, yeah, and I think, yeah, that's I think, true. I think, yeah, like, like, I mean, like you said, if I had, you know, if I had a four-year-old, a six-year-old daughter... And I took her to see The Force Awakens, and I looked at her face, you know, looking up there and going, I want to be that girl. Fantastic. It would be the best movie that I'd ever seen because of the, my connection with my child and what she's getting from the movie. Totally. But that's not the movie, of, that's a thing. But that's a, but that's that's a, a, that's a yeah, that's a, a, a reaction. And when people, 
you know, tell me that they loved it because of that. That is that their feeling is valid. Yeah. But I just I believe as a piece of storytelling, it is. Yeah. And all that is to say is I think that, you know, if I'm being honest with myself about about Mad Max Fury Road, when I ask people about what they loved about the film, they don't usually say the story. They, which which is the, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, uh, true about many films. You say, what'd you mm -hmm. love? Oh, the story's amazing. This thing happened. This thing happened. They almost always pick out individual moments like this woman has done. And that's sort of supporting what you're saying in a way. That, that, that like, they're, it's loaded with amazing moments, amazing sequences, amazing action beats, amazing mm -hmm. things that are almost um, meta-level cinema stuff. About mm -hmm. I've never seen that on screen before. This woman, mm -hmm. this woman just commanded a guy and he didn't... He, you know. I, I like that comment. I mean, I think it's yeah. really cool because the the you know it's like you have a low expectation i would imagine as a female consumer of entertainment right now if you look at the olympics the olympics narratives because we just talked about that a minute ago yeah. the olympics narratives were you know powerful guy crazy guy look what he did or this yeah. and felt when the, again yeah felt swims again biggest best of all time and that girl won and they're sort of talking about her makeup to some extent yeah. you know yeah. and how do they yeah. it's deal been with it here. you know yeah, it's it really is interesting to see mm -hmm. that that dichotomy it's, it's frustrating to watch it you know so mm -hmm. i would definitely uh, um, want for the female character to have a moment like that. That's mm -hmm. great, right? But it doesn't mm -hmm. make the story good. It just is a great moment of the story for sure. that individual. Right. To know? get to that yeah. moment, you have to create a story that people are going to want to follow along with to get there. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I think the conclusion of this conversation has been, you know, that it's just, it's very subjective. It always mm -hmm. will be. It always has been. Mm -hmm. And so my reality was my reality. Right. And it's real, and my truth is my truth, and it's yeah. true. Yeah. And my truth was that I liked the movie mm -hmm. to some extent. Mm -hmm. And and of all things, here's what's great about the movie: I got to watch it with Yuri the first time, <laughs> yeah, it, right. and he loved it so much. I think so that's that was the best great. possible yeah. closing to this uh, episode. Right. Um, but yeah. but but here here's the thing: we may disagree on on the storytelling in this, but I'm a big fan of Paul as a storyteller. Um, I have huge respect for him, and I want him to uh, tell us some of the stuff that he's got coming up because there are exciting things on the horizon. What can you talk about? Um, yeah, I've also they, of... people can yell at you on on Twitter, right? Yeah, people can yell at me on Twitter. It's at, at my Paul Jenkins. Uh, come yell at me. Um, see the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I have a novel coming out called Curiosity, uh, which is a really interesting. Can't wait for this. It's it's a fun novel. It's um, about a guy who grows up uh, very much like my 10-year-old with just magic being real and uh, creativity being the norm because his mum is a rocket scientist. She's a, she does these big Tesla experiments. And his dad is an accountant, but it's actually a great thing. You know, his dad's just the sort of solid side. And um, one day his mum is atomized in, a, in an, an accident at work and the dad will never let him be this creative person again. He's so terrified to lose his wife that he won't let the young guy... Um, be creative and so he grows up needing to be creative but he cannot be, he's stifled completely and by the time he's uh, in his late 20s, early 30s he's an insurance salesman, he's an insurance uh, invest fraud investigator mm -hmm. and he walks to work with the one-way traffic and walks back with the one-way traffic too, he's the ultimate conformist and it's the story of how he gets to see magic in the world um, by learning how to unlook at things. Um, so it comes into his life in the form of this museum called the Museum of Curiosity. But this really curious uh, guy called Mr. Dinsdale, who actually, if you, uh, I believe you're a big Monty Python. Dinsdale, yeah. You know who Dinsdale is, right? Yeah. Dinsdale is a giant hedgehog. Right. No, no, it's the, the, it's the, the giant hedgehog would call across the Yeah. For Dinsdale, yeah. 
Um, so uh, Curiosity is coming out soon, but I have also a pretty important project right now that I've been trying to do for 10 years. It's finally coming out next week, or in two weeks' time, end of August. Um, it's called Alters, and it is a... Uh, a premise that I pitched at Marvel and DC for many years and they would actually always say yes but never do it because it's really hard to get new things off the ground um, but the premise is basically people who are struggling with disadvantage of some kind so they have they're marginalized by society or they are um, or perhaps they suffer from a physical illness or ailment uh, maybe they have PTSD something like that um, and they get this mutant power that becomes a hyper advantage and really the story would always be the collision of the person in the middle it's always going to be about the character in the center so the prominent first character is is, um, is a transgender young transgender woman and she's living as the middle brother of three um, the oldest brother has cerebral palsy she is the middle brother uh, as the family sees her and and then she has a younger brother and she's living in Cleveland mm. and so this is not going to be an easy endeavor for her to have to kind of overcome she's going to mm. have to be able to tell her family you know I, I'm trans and um, she's worried about it but is about to do it because she's already started the hormone therapy and right when she does this she gets this one in 20 million power and becomes an alter instead and she ends up having the ability to use quantum reality in the real world so she can split into two people she can mm -hmm. do a form of quantum entanglement she make things happen she can use quantum tunneling she can ride gravity waves she can literally manipulate this way she's the most powerful author there's been um and so she can never she she just it puts her on hold she can't tell her family immediately because mm -hmm. she's worried about the fact that the family and the brother with cerebral palsy and um she can only really present herself as, as a true female form the way that she needs to be uh, when she's in costume. So she now so becomes the smart. first. Listeners, take a second and just it, dissect the metaphor of what he just said. It's fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. I, he, he pitched this briefly before we started recording, and I lost my shit a little bit because I think it's so smart and it's so rare to hear an idea that intuitively you immediately go holy fuck that's genius oh my god it's so smart you know it's he's nailed something here i think so definitely go get that yes yeah, so next out. week the book is coming out uh, it's by aftershock comics it's called alters it's in the next couple of weeks probably the end of end of august and the thing about it though is it's not just a transgender character in fact um what i'm trying to do is to kind of highlight these disadvantages that people have for example there's a character um who is a shape changer and he gets injured really badly. He gets his neck broken, and he is, you know, put into the hospital. And they they save his life. Um, and he reverts to his sort of human form when he's in hospital. And they give him a breathing tube, and they basically tell him, you know, the the, the way that this is going to work. You're probably going to end up being a quadriplegic uh, for the rest of your life. And he he realizes, you know, he could change one more time, and it would rearrange everything. We could only change one more time. It would be for about a month, and then it would it would kill him. Mm. So would you? Would you live as an able-bodied person for one month to get your affairs in order, or would you, if you had the choice, live we'll as live. a quadriplegic? Right. And by telling that story, I think we highlight the difficulties and the challenges, perhaps, of what it would be like to be a quadriplegic. Right. And so we have stories Which like we've that all imagined, all, I think, all the way down the line. Yeah, yeah. You, you've imagined it, you know. And I've, I looked after a guy who's a quadriplegic. He's taken to the Patriots games and lived in Massachusetts. Great uh -huh. guy, but you know, he fell off a motorcycle, messed, him, messed himself up. Yeah. So I think that Alters is is really good for that example. We've got um, a character that I'm excited to write next, and she's a homeless character, and she she doesn't take any shit. I mean, she just as this mum who is trying to raise her children. She's trying to save the world and feed her children at the same time and this is yeah. not easy 
Um, and so her name is no damn name because they tell her you need a code name. She's like, I don't want no damn name. <laughs> right? She's yeah. that. She, she's just yeah. doing shit. Yeah. And, and I love her for it already, you know. So, altars is something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and we have hundreds of stories of different people. But the framing character will always be Chalice, who who's mm. the transgender character. Oh, it's great. Chalice. So two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Got Just that. follow him on Twitter. So, so it'll be out. So it'll be out the week that this. Oh great! So go to, go to the bookstores. Go to your comic store. Yeah. yeah, and order Curiosity. There you go. Order it yeah. from Amazon or somewhere because uh, the is book... it already available for pre-order? <clears throat> um, yeah, it should be on Amazon. Uh, I, I, the only thing I can say about Curiosity is that I, um, I I sent in three chapters to somebody I knew uh, that, who worked at St Martin's Press, mm -hmm. an editor that had asked me to write a book for a long time, and I sent them to him and I said, "Would you? What do you think? Should I follow this course?" And he called me back. It was one of my favorite phone calls ever. He just said, "We want to offer you a book deal. We love ah. it. We love it. We want you to do it. We think." We think this book, we ran out the flagpole to the publisher and, and the feedback we got I was... I just pre-ordered it. This is, that's how easy it is. This is Terry Pratchett or Douglas Adams. And I said, well, I know who those people are. Well, that's <laughs> high uh, praise. I so, will order it too. Well, that's great. I, I love the book and I, I, I just... Um, I was just speaking to an author, uh, Jonathan Maybury, uh, who is... He said, wow, it's like the best first line. I said, well, that's a start, because he couldn't read much. Because we were in the same place. But he said, the first line is great. It hooked me. I love it. Uh, so hopefully people will love the book. And um, you know, it's a new thing for me, because I had never written a, a, a novel before. So see how it plays out. Congrats yeah. on all that. That's super, super good. Thank and you. after you watch uh, Mad Max Fury Road and understand why you're wrong, <laughs> ah. Come on. Yeah. We'll talk about it again. I promise I'm not that curmudgeon guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Well, my name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. Paul Jenkins. And you are awaited.